Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Hello? What's up, man? What's up, man? You know, this app has still got so many bugs and glitches. Does it ever, like, make your phone go blank, like, 15 times? Um, I don't know. I haven't you're noticed. Try- you're trying to click on something, and the screen will turn black, and then come back on, and then turn black again, and then come back on. Praise God I'm not epileptic. I'm going to change the title, The Holy Ghost. Hashtag, let's see. Hashtag. Can I not do spirituality? There we go. Hashtag Jesus. Hashtag. Come get some. (laughs) Bro, have you ever noticed, have you ever made a call on one of these things? Like called somebody how I just called you? Yeah. It's like and like the song that comes to my head is run. Like how that starts. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I think most of the times when I do these scheduled talks with people, they're the one that calls me. So maybe I'm not sure. But that's I funny. To that and I was like, it sounds like that. <laughs> Run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to share it real quick. See if we can get some people jumping on. Let's see. The Holy Ghost. Jesus. Come get some. All right. Let's see. Share. Share it to Instagram. Well, this do a post or just a story? Man, I'm not really sure. I always do the copy link. All right. Let's see. Hey, brother. Let's see. There's an empty road to rediscover. It keeps glitching like it'll it'll go black and then the sound will suppress a little bit and then it'll come back on. Weird really? Stuff. It might be your phone. I've never had that happen on this. And I've been kind of yeah, active. Might... I wasn't yesterday, but Yeah, it's been doing that ever since I first downloaded the app and I asked Duchenna if it was doing it for him and he said no, he wouldn't have any issues. Mr. Uche Uchenna. Uchenana Wanunu. I hope they don't think that that's offensive when I do that. Uh, I highly doubt it. Not Uche, not Uchenna, but anybody else from the African persuasion. <laughs> I don't think so. I'd hope not. If you're watching this back, 
I don't mean offense by it. I think it's beautiful. beautiful Just like Uchenna is beautiful. Big, black, beautiful man. All right, let me let me try to share this real quick. Bro, have you ever noticed that like black people have like the most beautiful skin? I swear. It's like I don't I'm like, dude, what do you do? Like Uchenna. Like, bro, do you get out and like lather yourself and and buttermilk or something? Like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, man. I, you know, it's it's funny because you never see, you know, you almost never see some, you know, someone of that skin tone that has pimples, acne, anything like that. And then here I am, I've got this big, you know, pimple on the, on the top of my nose between my eyes. That makes me look like I've joined the Indian descent. (laughs) It's Ash. It's Ash. What's that day? Ash Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Ash Wednesday just, every day for Tanner. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh, dude, this is. What's but up? Yeah. If you jump in, if you're hopping into this, we got one listener. Drop in yeah. the comments. If you don't know how to do that, hit the little button on the left. Send us a, a voice message. We'll play it. I hope we Miss, get some trolls, man. Miss, I want Miss trolls. McDermott. Who? Miss McDermott. Miss McDermott. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. She ran registration for the Celebrate Huntington event. Oh, okay. Never mind. Miss Tanya McDonough. Oh, Miss Tanya. Okay. Yeah, bro. Okay. So today, I kind of thought, I know maybe uh, I didn't give you really a heads up and I don't have like anything prepared. We'll just do it conversation style. But I was going to talk about being led by the Holy Ghost. Hopefully we get some people in here that haven't, you know, heard a lot of things about that. And so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I've been uh, I've just been studying the triuneness of uh, of God for the past two and a half hours. The Trinity, huh? Yeah, I've got about eight and a half pages of notes on my iPad. It's because it's just, you know, you you. It's very important for people to know that 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 you know that God is who He says He is in Scripture, and it's important to know that those that that the three that it's one God and three persons, and those three persons each have specific roles, you know, but they all they all cooperate together you know, for the same purpose. And so I, I don't know, I've just been studying a lot lately because, you know, when someone asks what is the Trinity, you know, you kind of want to be able to give a very thorough answer because it can, it can be something that's incredibly confusing. Right. I understand for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So anyways, yeah, I mean, we, uh, I wanted to get on here and talk about, the Holy Ghost, how the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and kind of maybe talk about some misconceptions of that, share some testimonies of how I've been led by the Spirit, how you led by what God says about being led by the Spirit. So I guess let's just go ahead and dive into this. People can jump on or watch it back later because I'll probably share it to my podcast or whatever. And so, you know, number one, I'll go ahead and start with a scripture. I'm going to read from Romans 8. 
Let's see here. Romans 8, 14 through 17. And I'm excited for this conversation as well. You know, something like last night, I totally did hip fire. Like, I've been putting myself intentionally, like, in a position of, of trusting the Lord. You know, I know people think that it's crazy, and it's not like because I'm being lazy, because I'm, I'm naturally like a, a – I love to prepare. Like, mm-hmm. I love to write as far as even sermons and stuff go. Like, I could sit down and like, oh, I'm going to write 10 sermons out on 10 different topics. No problem. I love that. But, like, the Lord's been leading me away from that because I've been wanting to learn how to just flow in the Holy Ghost and kind of get up there and spiritually discern, you know, what God is trying to say and then just get up there and deliver, be a mouthpiece for the Lord. And so I've been doing that. I know like, you know, and it's kind of on one side, people freak out because if you have like a fear of, you know, public speaking or whatever, like you could get afraid. But I mean, on the other side, it's just like, it's exciting to me. I know a couple of Sundays ago, I literally like, dude, could not just like settle on something. And the Lord was like, look, I'm going to, you know, get up there and just share what's in your spirit and get up there and share the things that. You know, because you'll know whenever you're speaking to people, you can kind of like sense sense the flow. And it's almost like you just need to get up there and 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 begin to kind of – I think that's what, what Rodney Howard Brown does, honestly, if I'm being real with you. When I watch him, I feel like he just gets up and he walks around and just talks about random stuff until until he senses that flow. And then he's like, oh, there it is. And then he rides it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like a yeah. surfer. He's like sitting out, sitting out, just like watching the waves. And then he's like, oh, there's the wave. And then he rides the wave. <laughs> right. Yep. So that's what I at last night when I was preaching, I started out and I was just talking about being free. And I was like, okay, this isn't hitting. And so I went into Matthew 6, something in my spirit. And then, boom, the way it was like, okay, that this is what the Lord's doing. And then it ended up tying back into what I was originally trying to hit in the beginning, but I, like, wasn't landing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah, let's read Romans 8. We're going to talk about being led by the Holy Ghost. I don't think a lot of people understand this, like, the amazing gift that the Lord has given us in the Holy Ghost. This powerhouse, supernatural. I mean, it's supernatural. I mean, literally, like, the Holy Spirit will solve every single problem in life. I'm one that truly believes that. Like, the Lord has made life for us so extremely easy. And the more that I get a revelation in the Word of the Holy Spirit, I see, like, how easy life actually has to be. Like, you literally can live a life where you don't have to worry. I mean, you think about this. You don't have to worry about anything. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said that. Do not worry about anything. And it's just like, you know, and and he kind of starts, prefaces all of that by saying, don't pursue after the things of this world. Don't run around living like everybody else, wondering, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? You know, modern times, where, where am I going to live? What am I going to drive? 
How am I going to pay that electric bill? He says, these are the thoughts that dominate unbelievers. Don't you know your heavenly father, how much you mean to him? Won't he provide for you? You know, so Jesus says, you don't have to worry about anything. And it's just so amazing to think like literally Christianity is so awesome because you can get the Holy Ghost and you like you don't have to figure out anything else in life. I know that people were like, well, that that John, that sounds irresponsible. That seems a little bit crazy, but it's not. I mean, it's literally you can live each day, each season, each moment of your life led by the Holy Ghost and he will lead you to walk in perfect unity with God's plan for your life. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. And so it's, I mean, man, it's just as easy as that. Seriously. Christianity without the Holy Spirit and and people don't get that. Like why it seems dull, why it seems boring, why it seems like it doesn't work. And it's because you're trying to do Christianity, like, right, you're trying to claim a religion, but you're not walking in the power and you're not. What I mean by power, too, is I'm not like I'm not just talking about. You know, you just walk around and and there's people resurrecting out of their graves every time your foot hits the ground. Yeah, that's wonderful. And that's kind of the goal. But I'm talking like day to day stuff. Like you can make every decision in life based off of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Such a wonderful thing to like realize the whole pressure of life, right? Of I need to plan out the next 40 years of my life, right? And and where am I going to move? What am I going to do? What does all of that look like? Like you don't have, like literally you get to wake up with a smile on your face and not have to have any of that stuff figured out and simply learn how to hear the voice of the Holy ghost and then obey everything that he tells you to do. So maybe let's write some, some of these thoughts down. Maybe we could talk about how, how to hear the voice of the Holy ghost in a moment. Practically. How can you do that? Yeah. I gotta get How to hear to... the voice. Huh? I said I got to get something to write on here. You. I just had another scripture that popped into my spirit here that we'll read with Romans. All you guys that are joining, y'all are awesome. This is going to be great. I'll have Tana read this one. John 10, 27 through 28. Oh, you want to read read that one? Yeah, you'll read that. Let me read Romans 8 first, 14 through 17. So look at this. This is Romans 8. Read you guys some Bible. If you're popping on, really, I, I encourage you, just pop in, say hello, send a message. We would love to play it on this broadcast. Even you trolls, if there's any trolls listening, please. I love defending the gospel. So Romans 8, Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
So I want you to kind of think about this. You know, Jesus, I'm sorry, this is Paul saying that one of the signs that you belong to God is that you're led by the Spirit of God. And so that should actually be a trademark seal of a believer. Not just, hey, are you, a you know, I can tell you're a believer because you go to church on Sunday. I can tell you're a believer because, you know, you don't chew tobacco. That's great and wonderful. You should, you know, not chew tobacco. You should go to church on Sunday. But Paul is saying, as many are led by the Spirit of God, this is the sign that they are the true sons and daughters of God. And so the true trademark of a believer is a person that you look at them and they're just, they are people that live life by the leading of the Holy Ghost. Hey, we got a question. Let's play this. Hi, Pastor John and Tanner. Um, just wanted to say that I'm so glad you guys are on right now. I'm doing some work and wanted to hear something, something good, something productive. And the first couple of ones I went to live sessions, there was a lot of swearing and I could not get through it, even though the topic seemed interesting, just couldn't get through it. And so glad you're here. I'm also doing um, content such as this. I am rereading the Bible starting right from Genesis and did a session on Genesis on this past Sunday. And I'm going to finish it up hopefully on this upcoming Sunday. So I love this content. Thank you so much. God bless you both. Sister, well, you, you have the voice of an angel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to send over the NASB version of the Bible, and I want you to record yourself reading it from Genesis to Revelation, and then I want you to send it back to me. Yeah, anytime uh, <laughs> some chaotic moment hits my life, I'll just listen to that recording. Yeah. What a voice. Yeah. I don't know if that voice, that voice would either A, be in my dream, in my dreams or in my nightmares. It's so nice. I don't know. <laughs> well i would i would hope it wouldn't be in your nightmares <laughs> i mean it's almost so pleasant like uh, i don't know anyway so <laughs> we love you thanks for popping on so yeah paul said as many are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god so also i want to kind of take another angle at this as well every single person who is a child of god has the ability to hear the voice of the holy ghost so you know, the Bible says, how do you become a son of God? You can read Galatians chapter 3. It says that we receive, we become children of the promise by faith. So when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when you're saved, you know, you need to you need to understand this. Salvation is more than just forgiveness. That's a part of it. But salvation is not just God forgives your sin. The Bible actually says that you become like you are adopted into his house. We're going to read that in a moment in Romans chapter 8. You literally become adopted children of the promise. You become a new creation in Christ where he literally recreates you. And so you need to understand this. If you have prayed that prayer before and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a right to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. So that will help a lot of people because a lot of people, you know, I feel like they're trying so hard and they're living in this mentality of like, you know, I need to convince God to speak to me. I need to, you know, 
And maybe if I do six backflips and spin around six times and I, and I do enough stuff, then God will be pleased with me and he'll speak to me. No, it's actually your birthright. You have a birthright that you have received by the grace of God, which is a free gift. Just simply the moment that you got saved, you received this birthright to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. So if you're a believer, I want to tell you right now, you can hear God's voice today. He'll speak to you. He'll lead you and guide you. If you're not a believer and that's something that you're interested in, stay on and we will lead you and how you can do that at the end of this broadcast. But let me finish reading this. So it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received, look at this, you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. This is powerful in verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit, his children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of the glory of God. Do you know that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, literally in the spirit, you are no different than Jesus Christ. And I know that a lot of people are like, that's little God theology, you know. They think that that's crazy, but it's true. I'm not saying that you are Jesus Christ. Like, I'm not saying that you died on the cross for my sins. I'm saying, as a free gift, the Lord made you and elevated you in equal standing with Jesus Christ. So think of it like this. What I'm trying to say is, just as much as Jesus is the child of God, he's the son of God, you are equally a child of God. You're not less than, you're not second best, third best, you're not the redheaded stepchild. In the spirit, you are just as much a child of God as Jesus Christ. I mean, that's so powerful to think about that. And then get this. So this is something that, that you need to get. It says our spirit joins with his spirit. So this is we're going to talk about how to be led by the spirit uh, today. And here's a very important key that anybody listening needs to understand. How to be led by the spirit. God speaks to us by the inward witness, the inward man, the spirit. So here's, here's the most important part of this. Even when it comes to prayer, a lot of people have this mindset that praying is like, you know, I'm just releasing this stuff up to heaven. Hopefully God hears it. You know, and they think that God is just so far away. The Lord is, is distant from them. When you believed, your spirit joined with his spirit and became one. So, I mean, look, God is not far. Literally, think about this. The second that it's conceived in your spirit, it's automatically received by the Lord. The second that you release anything in faith, it's not like it has to float to heaven and he gets it and then he has to receive it. It's instantaneous because I am in him. He is in me. I have the mind of Christ. I have the spirit of Christ. Colossians 2 says, I've put on Christ like putting on new clothes. We are one. With the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Tanner, go ahead and read the other scripture. Which one you said, John 10? 
27 through 28. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know that they will follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My sheep hear my voice. Read that one more time. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's awesome. My sheep hear my voice. Let me. What, what translation are you reading it in? Uh, the only translation you should be reading the NASB. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read it in the NLT too. John ten twenty seven. He says, "My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." So again. One of the signs of a, of a believer to kind of back that point up that I made a moment ago was Jesus said one of the identifying factors of, of being a sheep is the sheep know the voice of the Lord. So one way that you'll be able to tell somebody that really belongs to the Lord, both scriptures, Paul said it, now Jesus said it, is they know his voice, they hear his voice, they can discern his voice. This is one of the most important aspects of Christianity learning how to walk in the Holy Ghost, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and be led by the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. You have anything you want to add, Tanner? No. No? Okay. <laughs> so think about this. A lot of people, and I don't know what audience we're going to talk to, but I, I want to say this because it's really true. A lot of people are still stuck in an Old Testament prophecy mindset. So what I mean by that was you, you kind of have this move, and I know you've seen this too, Tanner, and I've been guilty of this, where you have these people that are constantly running around just like looking for somebody to give them a prophetic word. Have you ever met anybody like that? <laughs> yeah, I've met a lot of people like that. That's most Christians. I mean, most Christians, and they get so spiritually wacky, they just run from meeting to meeting, from leader to leader, from you know this anointed one to that anointed one, and they're just constantly like just desperate. I want you to give me a prophetic word. I want you to speak a destiny over my life. You know, you actually hear people like use that as a, as like a uh, something they brag about, right? I was at Benny Hinn's meeting and Benny Hinn called me up in front of everybody and he put this mantle and you know what I mean? Like you, you hear people talk like that. And, and so many people are in this old covenant mindset. And so something that, that we need to understand is in the Old Testament, that is how the Lord spoke to people. So in the right. Old Testament, people didn't have the Holy Ghost. They weren't born again. You know, something that's amazing is the blood of Jesus, what it does. This is what people don't realize. Let me just put it. There's so many thoughts running through my head, and I'm trying to figure out which, which trail to jump on right now. But let me, let me backtrack and say this. God is not mad at people. God is not distant from people, but the reality, uh, the reality of it is light and darkness cannot coexist in the same place at the same time. God is completely pure. God is completely holy. God is completely perfect. And the Bible says that he is light. 
So I even want you to think about light and darkness like this. Darkness, you know, light is a substance. Light has energy. Light, you know, it radiates it heat. It's an actual substance. Darkness is not a substance. Darkness is actually just the absence of light. So the point is this. What happens if I walk into a, a pitch black room and I flip the lights on, the darkness goes away. It's because literally darkness is the absence of light. And so darkness and light cannot coexist in the same place at the same time. That's what sin did. God was never mad at people. God was never. Well, and I know I'm not talking like, you know, there's no such thing as the anger of the Lord. But here's my point. God's heart was never to just reject people and hate people. And I'm choosing to be distant from you. We could not coexist with God because when sin entered into the world, we became and by nature, we oppose the Lord because he is perfect and holy. And so what the blood of Jesus did was literally made us so perfect and pure. It cleansed us. The Bible says it took away our sins and, and literally makes us perfect without spot or blemish before the Lord. And so now for the first time in history, we're no longer an opposing nature. We can actually fellowship with God. We're made like God again. And so now the Bible says we become the temples of the Holy Ghost. So the fact of, you know, because the devil likes to keep people in condemnation. The fact of the matter is if you're a believer and you have the Holy Ghost, that's proof that you're perfect. That's actually proof that in the spirit, you are 100% righteous and pure and holy and perfect. Because if you weren't, you would not be able to be a house of the Holy Ghost because you and him would not, you know, he cannot dwell in an unclean vessel. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I say all that to set around, it pertains to what we're talking about. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Ghost like that. They weren't born again. So what, what, when the Lord wanted to speak to people, what he would have to do is literally anoint somebody, anoint a prophet. He would choose a man, choose a woman, and then the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. And here's the difference. In the Old Testament, the Spirit could only come upon them. But now in the New Covenant, we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. That means that we don't just get like, oh, God pours out his grace on us for a little thing. And then, you know, it retracts and it goes away when the mission's fulfilled. The spirit is upon us. The spirit is within us. The spirit is around us. We are saturated inside and out with the Holy Ghost. And that's the picture of baptism, just like somebody's baptized into water. And so when the Lord wanted to get a message to people, he would have to raise up a prophet a man or woman, and they would come and say, thus saith the Lord, this is what God says. And the people would say, holy smokes, you know, never heard that. This is new information. And then they would respond accordingly. They'd either, re either receive the word or reject the word. But we're now in the new covenant, and people are still trying to live with that mindset. Hold on, we got a uh, message here. Is your beard actually green in real life? So here's the true story, and it's very sad. I know you guys haven't heard my voice in ages, but let me let me tell you something about my beard. So from the age of 16, I watched my friends grow beards, um, and I could not grow one. 
Um, that is still the sad story of today as, as far as my beard is concerned. I cannot grow a beard. So whenever I saw that there was the possibility for me to be able to put one on my Bitmoji or whatever this character is, I decided to not only give myself a nice full beard, but to also add a little bit more flamboyancy to it, uh, make it green. So to answer to your question is not only is my beard not green, it's also not existent. So, um, and also to also answer the question, he is actually one sixteenth Irish. That's why he has a green beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, 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 when I was on here, actually, I actually created my account to listen to a mentor of mine in the faith. Um, and so I created my account. And when you create an account, I hit go live, and I matched up with some random person that happened to know like everything about this app. And they were like, the best thing that you can do for a better attention rate for somebody that you're talking to is to make your Bitmoji look as crazy as possible. And so I took his advice and gave myself a green beard and glasses. Um, I don't wear glasses and I also don't have a green beard, but I will tell you this. Uh, Jonathan Wallace is my pastor in real life and he does have a handlebar mustache and he does wear a monocle. Everywhere, every day, monocle, handlebar oh. mustache. We call him Mr. Planners. <laughs> they call me the they call me the Holy Ghost Sherlock Holmes, if you know what I'm saying. The Holy they call him Holy Ghost Holmes. Holy Ghost Holmes. That's right. And but so <laughs> But I'll tell you the importance of being led by the Spirit before we get in here, because if I don't talk about So the importance of being led by the Spirit, the Bible tells us that the Spirit will actually tell us where to go. Exact, not just a general descent or general direction, but to go to the left or rather to go to the right. The Spirit will actually lead us and tell us where to go. And if you try to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord without adhering and yielding to the direction of the Holy Spirit, you'll actually end up 10 different kinds of ways to Sunday from where the Lord actually intended you to go. So it's incredibly important that you not only have the Holy Ghost, but that you yield to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Because all throughout the Bible, Spirit was in the Old Testament as well. The Spirit was actually there when God hey, you're, created. Tanner, I don't know if your internet connection's bad or what, but it's cutting out like in every other word you're saying. Well, that's just not fun. Are you at the church? Yeah, I'm at the church, and I can also hear a bird in the background at your house. I would make sure you're not on the Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't been on the Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you were like walking into a room, but it was cutting out pretty bad. Oh, well, what I was saying was, it, you know, it's not only important to have the Holy Ghost, it's also important to understand why he's there and how to yield to his voice. Because the like I said, the Bible tells us that the Holy Ghost doesn't just point us in general vicinities. He leads us exactly where we need to go. Um, you see all throughout the Bible, even in the Old Testament, uh, one of my favorite examples is when Philip was walking. The Holy Ghost told him to go join the chariot of the, uh, of the, uh, of the. I, 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 what was he? The treasurer of the country that he was from. The Holy Spirit told him, you know, and he, he was able to identify and yield to the voice of the Holy Ghost, and was able to join the chariot of the, uh, of the. I, I guess the Bible calls it a, a treasurer or whatever he does. That, and because Philip yielded to the voice of the Holy Ghost. He was able to get on the chariot of that man and, you know, actually help him understand his word and eventually, you know, lead him to the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, we're going to get into a lot of that as well. I'm going to give like stories of 
how what it's produced in my life. And I know you have many as well. But to just kind of debunk that that mindset. So this mindset that we were talking about, most Christians run around. They're just looking for somebody to give them some word. I want you guys to hear this. If there's anything that you ever want to write down from what I'm saying right now, write this down and remember it. When God has something to say to you, he speaks to you. As many are the sons of God, these are, are as many are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. When the Holy Ghost, when the Lord has something that he wants to say to you, he speaks to you. So don't be running around with this Old Testament mindset. I mean, guys, I hear it all the time. You even see people that are like false prophets. And the scripture warns about how in the last days there'll be an uprise of false teachers and false prophets. And basically, if that word sounds funny to you, like basically what, a, what in, the pro, in the Bible, what a prophet is. Prophet literally means one who speaks for God. So when we use the word false prophet, the most accurate translation uh, is somebody who falsely speaks for God. So somebody that runs around saying, well, the Lord says this, the Lord is saying this, the Lord told me this, then they're, they're actually falsely speaking for God because the Lord never said that. And so you see so many people doing that. You see so many people like running around. And I, I was one of them in college. I was like, every time we had a minister that came into the school, I went to Christ for the Nation's Bible Institute in Dallas. Every time we'd have a minister come in, I was always like right up front. And I was just hoping like, oh, my gosh, you know, I hope that, that he like pulls me out in front of everybody and gives me this prophetic word. And everybody sees that I have a calling from the Lord on my life. And I'm telling you, it's like the Lord intentionally made sure that never happened, because I can tell you how many times that I would be there. Ooh, that was gross. Big old spider. I can tell you how many times that, he, that you know, somebody that whatever had a prophetic gift, ministry gift would line everybody up and they're going down the row and they're like praying for people. Oh, the Lord said, you're going to touch Africa. The Lord's sending you to Brazil. The Lord's going to do this in the United States of America. You're going to plant churches. You know, they're going down. And I swear to you, every time they get to me, it was like, skip, you know, go to the next person. And I would always be like, why, you know, Lord, what's going on? And, and, and literally I feel like what the Lord was preparing me for, was how to learn this, like how to live led by the Holy Ghost. Because I want to tell you, you cannot live your life based off of a word that someone else gives you. Like that won't carry you. You can't go to Africa because, you know, Elder Sammy at your church says, I feel like you're supposed to go to Africa. And then you go there and crap hits the fan. And you're sitting there like, I don't feel any peace. I don't know what's going on. Like that word that somebody else gave you will not sustain you through your life. You have to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. And so, you know, anybody, I'll give you a couple of rules to live by. As I said, when the Lord has something to say to you, he speaks to you. So any, I don't, I don't want to negate this. Prophets are still alive today. Like that's still an accurate gift or functional gift in the body of Christ is prophecy. The Bible says that he's given us prophets, apostles, teachers, uh, evangelists. 
Am I missing one? Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Right? You forgot what you are. Pastor. I said pastor at the end. Yeah, there you go. So the Bible tells us that the, the, the Lord has given us these gifts. But any word that's spoken to you specifically, like if a person comes up and says, the Lord gave me a word for you, brother. Well, let me tell you right now, two things. Number one, any word that the, a person gives to you specifically about you should confirm what the Holy Ghost has already spoke to you personally. So the Lord will use people that have that gift, but it should not be brand new information. I want to tell you right now, if somebody came to me and said, Brother John, I just feel that there's an anointing on you right now that, you know, you're supposed to be a Fortune 500 millionaire. And the Lord is saying right now that this is the season you're going to step out of the ministry and he's going to launch you into the business realm. And, you know, you're going to have a multi-million dollar business in the next two years. I would say that's not from the Lord. I would throw it to the wayside immediately because that is not at all what the Holy Ghost has spoken to me and laid out for my life over the next year, the things that he's shown me. And so, you know, I would say, okay, well, thanks, whatever, you know, unless if it was somebody that I felt like was being genuine about it, I would just like, oh, okay, you know, thanks. You know, I'll pray about that. But if it was somebody that I know has a pattern, like a tendency that runs around and does that all the time, I would tell them, look, that's not from God and you need to stop doing that. Right. So. Just carry this mindset forward for the rest of your life. Anybody listening to this, if the Lord has something to say to you, he speaks to you. Now, I will say this. Sometimes. I will say this. If you're getting the same word, there are exceptions, obviously. If you're like, okay, if you're just living life and it's like these random people keep coming up to you and they're giving you the exact same word, like again and again and again and again, like people that don't know you, you know, the Lord sends somebody and they're like, look, man, this may be crazy, but I'm really just like hearing this from the Lord. Like, this is what the Lord is is telling me to tell you. And you're hearing this repeatedly in your life, I would say, maybe, you know, maybe look into it a little bit. Because I also know sometimes God is trying to get somebody's attention that's not walking by the spirit of the Lord, that doesn't have their ear tuned to heaven. So, yeah, he could use people to, hey, I'm trying to get a message across to you. So if you're hearing something repeatedly, you know, most people, though, like, I'll say this, if you know that you're actively trying to walk in the spirit and listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost, God's going to speak to you directly. If you're living in a Jonah rebellion, you know, the Lord said, go left. And you said, oh, all right, I'm going right as far and as fast as I can. You know, sometimes the problem may not be with other people. The problem may be you're not listening to the Lord and he's trying to get something across to you. Right. Well, I. I, I mean, I, I've already covered it, but I just to put it in practice because I know, know that he learns in different ways. 18 verse 20 tells us exactly how to know whether someone or something is either a false prophet or prophecy. It says, if it speaks in the name of the Lord, it's not come about or come to the thing which is in that. Hey, man. That, 
It's breaking up really bad again. What about? I don't know if you should if you should change locations or what, but it's just cutting in almost every other word you're saying. I'm standing out on my front porch, kind of by my door, because I know my Wi-Fi is good there. I don't know, maybe walk outside on underneath the overhang or something. I don't know. See if yeah, you can get some uh, some good reception. Greenbeard the pirate. A little bit of positivity. This might be the only broadcast you guys turn on to that you're not going to hear about, you know, black people are oppressed and let's just kill all white evangelicals. That's the solution. And all right. Is it better? Now? Why we're, we're a bunch of victims. Uh, I think so. Try, try talking. All right. I talk for a little bit, but I'm not going to get started in what I want to say because I don't want to say it again and then no one hear what I'm saying. Okay, talk a little bit. Uh, you know, you were just, just talking how to identify someone as prophet or how to identify something as a prophecy. In Deuteronomy, and it is very clear. It says, but the prophet who speaks so presumptuously in my name which I have not commanded for him to speak, or which he speaks of other gods, that prophet shall die. So God actually doesn't false prophecies lightheartedly. And he doesn't look at false like, oh, it's okay. They're, you know, they just got, got it. It's a very serious, because as Pastor John, when you're a prophet, a prophet is someone who often such a, you know, he's simple in the kingdom. Are you used to Someone that, someone that operates such an essential part of the that they act. A prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of. And Bible says the Bible says a way to identify a false prophet. It's a prophet speaks of the Lord. If thing does not come past, then that's not a thing. And word is spoken. And so a practical way to tell, you know, because you're like, so we we have to wait until after, you know, the event has passed, able to tell whether or not that person is a false prophet or that false pro or that prophecy was false and the answer to that question is no not always because another principle to identify whether or not something is lord here's what i always tell people if it's not in god's word it'll never be in his mouth if the lord already put it in his word he'll never speak it out of his mouth so if someone comes up and they give you a prophecy and they say it's outrageous you know you'd be mind blown you know, someone tells you they're a prophet and people all of a sudden just throw all their biblical knowledge and discernment out the window and just listen and says they're a prophet. The word, the Lord will never speak anything contrary to his words. Someone approaches you and they say, look, you know, you say that God, God has called you into the ministry and you're pastoring, just like Pastor John said. If they come up and the Lord spoke a word to me and said that you were to quit ministry and, and to us and stop. Well, number one, you know that that's not true because the Lord called you into ministry. And secondly, if that's brand new knowledge to you, the Lord hadn't spoke to you that you were supposed to quit the ministry and invest in stocks, then that is a false prophet, a false prophet.
and very important because the Bible also sa- says that we are cast to every single spirit because not every spirit is from the Holy Spirit. Not every spirit is from God. There is an adversary that will come to try to confuse. He can't destroy you if you're with God, but what he can try to can try to confuse you and tell you that you're not supposed to to get you to get off track a little bit. And so that's why it's so important to test every spirit. And the way that you can test the spirit, if you hear spoken into your mind, your heart, go work. What I heard, it does it come God's word or is it in line with God's word? If it's in line with God's word, you're, you, you know, you're, you're looking with canola. If it's not in God, it's burning with canola. Hey, it's cutting out real bad. Are you on headphones? No. Do you have headphones? I have headphones. I wonder if it's just like the phone processing what you're saying because it's literally like sounding robotic and then it gets really loud and then really quiet and then it's cutting in and it's cutting out. Okay, now. Uh, well, you're going to have to talk, so I'll be able to tell. Uh, if you talk, I'm talking right now. Talk okay, that sounds better. False pro- Did you guys hear anything I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could hear. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm sure they're hearing the same thing that's coming in on my end. So it was cutting in a little bit. But, yeah, you were talking about, you know, basically how God, if it's not in the word, that's one way you can judge. Like a word that's given to you is by the word of God. And that's absolutely correct and true uh, because the Bible says, you know, Numbers chapter 11. It says that God's not a man that he should lie, nor is he a man that he should change his mind. And so anybody that comes and they're saying something to you that is like like Tanner was saying, that is specifically like it's a contradiction of the word of God. You know, they're not speaking by the spirit of God because God's not if he's already said something, he's never going to change his mind about the subject. He's not a man that's blown and tossed by the wind like we are. Well, you know, maybe God just got a little bit more wisdom. Maybe he said that a few thousand years ago, but now things have changed. You know, he got a little bit more experience and insight about the subject. No, he's not a man. Like the, the Bible says, you know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's not even in like the space time continuum. God's infinite. Like he's he's at the beginning. He's in the present. He's in the future all at the same time. And so that's the most amazing thing about the word of God is that you can build your life on on the word that never changes. Cultures change. People change. Facts and science change all of that stuff. But the word of God is the same today as it was a thousand years ago. And it'll be the same in a thousand years unless Christ, you know, returns as it is today. And so anything that's a, a blatant contradiction to the Bible is not a word given by the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem. Most Christians wouldn't even know if it's a blatant contradiction to the Bible because they don't read their Bibles and they don't know their Bibles. They don't have a relationship with the Word of God. And so we'll probably get into that. You know, I guess we can go ahead and dive into it. But that is a key to hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. 
if you don't read the word of God, you are going to have a really hard time hearing the voice day to day of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you why. Because think about think how close God's word is with the spirit. So. I'll give you several examples of this. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword. It says it exposes, it, it, it divides between joint and marrow. So basically, here's my point. The Bible, the Bible relates the word of God to a sword. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible relates the spirit of God to a sword. So it says you take the sword of the spirit. So here's, here's my point. The Bible calls the word a sword. The Bible calls the spirit a sword. What does that mean? The spirit and the word of God are so close are, are, are the same thing you know who wrote the word of god it wasn't written like yes it was written by natural man's hand but it wasn't just written by a man something a man came up with it was authored by the holy spirit so the spirit and the word are in complete agreement and i've seen in my life that the holy ghost speaks to me by the word of god when we talk about like hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, yes, sometimes sometimes it's like specific instruction. Sometimes I'm out on my lawnmower and it's just like the Lord's just dropping, hey, assignments. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. But a lot of the times I'm just telling you practically, it's more of I'm in my word. And as I'm reading my Bible, it's like something that I read, the Holy Ghost grabs a hold of and says, Boom, right there, snatches it like a fish hitting a line. And then all of a sudden he takes that word and he begins to plant it as a seed in my heart and speak to me. And I, from the Bible, I get this revelation that compels me into a certain direction in my life. You know, some people that are kingdom financers, they could be reading in Luke chapter eight, Tanner, where it says that there were those mm -hmm. that followed that followed Jesus around and supported him and his disciples, you know, from their own funds. They could be reading that one day in their personal study, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost grab a hold of that, and then they get this seed saying, you know what, I just feel like I connect with, like I'm supposed to be a person that funds the kingdom. I feel like that's a role the Lord, and the Holy Ghost begins to point you in the direction that, you, that you're supposed to walk by the word, but by the spirit. And so, yeah, absolutely. you can't be all word and no spirit, and you can't be all spirit and no word. You have to be both. Because I also know people that don't know the Bible, and they're like freaking spiritual weirdos. You know, hold on, we got a message here. Pastor John, you are so correct. Um, people... Do not read the Word of God. They don't really pray to God. A lot of people, not all people, um, of course, but uh, it appears that they will not hesitate to pray to God to win the lottery. What's sad is that they don't realize He is the lottery. So, yeah, just wanted to share that comment. <laughs> no, it's true, but I mean, I want you to even think about prayer, you know? Like, I want you to change the way, and I'm not talking about it's how it's like it's bad to have set time away from prayer, but I want to get out of religious thinking. You know, for me, it's not scripturally correct for me to walk outside and say, Father, 
okay, I, I just want to enter into your presence right now. What are you talking about? I'm already, I, the second that I woke up, I was in his presence because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said that when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll never leave you, never forsake you. So I actually, we get to dwell in the presence of the Father. So prayer, it is important to have like set aside time, which is basically like, look, I'm getting away from all distractions and I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally turn, tuning my ear in to hear the Holy Ghost and to talk and, and just fellowship with the Father. Absolutely. But even more than that, as we read in Romans 8, His Spirit is joined with your spirit. That means that every day, all day long, you can walk in a continual conversation with God. It's like the conversation never has to stop. It doesn't have to be something that you enter in and then you leave, and then next Wednesday you enter back in and then you leave. You can walk in a continual conversation with God where the Holy Ghost has the freedom to speak to you whenever he has something to say. And you have that freedom to speak to him whenever you have something to say. And so I think even a lot of people's mindsets about prayer, they need to get out of this like, you guys excited to get into the, and I know I've used words, but they're just Christianese religious words. You guys excited to get into the presence of the Lord today? Well, I mean, that's scripturally incorrect because if we're new covenant believers, we dwell in the presence of God. So instead of that, I actually flip it and I'll just lift my hands and say, Father, thank you that I live in your presence. Thank you that I dwell under your shadow. I dwell under the wing of the Most High. I abide in your presence, Lord. Thank you that your Spirit's in me. He's never leaving me or forsaking me. Thank you that I have the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, that you hear my voice right now. Thank you, Lord, that I can hear your voice. Thank you that you speak to me. I mean, you just begin to praise the Lord. And so, no, you're right, though. A lot of people, I mean, they just don't. And here's my point. So because a lot of people don't know the word and they're not being taught the word, they lack a lot of things in their life. You know, I'm going to tell you, I'm a person that preaches on the blessing of God. I preach, I preach the prosperity blessing of the Lord. I preach healing from sickness and disease. And can I tell you something? All that are listening, we have five right now. Many years of my life. Where I was saved, I, there's no doubt I was saved, and I was actually in the ministry. Uh, but let me tell you two things. I was broke, and we were sick all the time. Now, something shifted a couple of years into the ministry. We began to get a revelation of what belonged to me in my covenant. You know, let's talk about the blessing of the Lord. I went from being a person that was like in the ministry and me and my wife having to go to a homeless shelter to get a food box for, for me and her, you know, shoot, we need some spaghetti sauce and noodles just to eat, to getting a hold of the word of God, the promises of God in regards to specifically financial blessing and the instructions of the Lord to obtain that financial blessing. And in one calendar year, I saw my income triple in one year, triple in one calendar year. Now, let me ask you this question. Did God change? Did God change his mind about me? 
Did God all of a sudden decide, okay, John, now I like you a little bit more. Now I'm going to bless you. No. But the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, it's for a lack of knowledge, my people perish. I didn't have a revelation of that, of, of, of the blessing of the Lord. And so I lived without the blessing of the Lord because only according to your faith can you receive. So many people came to Jesus and he said, according to your faith, you've been healed. So basically, you only have what your faith says that you can have. If you know the Jesus that saves your soul, let me tell you, my friend, God bless you. You're saved. You're going to go to heaven. But you, you, you're going to live a horrible life on this earth. If you know the Jesus that saves your soul and he'll bless your, your bank account, then you'll be a Christian that goes to heaven and you live blessed on this earth. But you may die sick. But I want to tell you, if you know the Jesus that saves your soul, blesses your bank account, and he'll heal you from all sickness and disease and keep any plague from coming near your dwelling, man, you, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. There's so many different layers and levels to this. And so... You know, you're right. Our friend that just yeah, commented that. Let me, uh, let me, let me read Deuteronomy 28. And this Hold is on, in before the you read, before you read it, let's play. There's a difference, though, however, between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. Um, when man walks in his own desires, he's walking in his own flesh, his own desires to be for whatever reason, um, well, I guess we all know the desires that men have. I don't have to explain here. Um, but to walk in spirit, therefore, your spirit will have power over what your flesh desires because our spirit belongs to the Lord. Therefore, recognize that part that you give your soul up to the Lord and not to your desires of this world, the natural world. There's a separation between the natural and the heavens, and that's what man is going through right now. Men... No, so literally, yeah, you're correct. Like, there is a... But here's the thing. You hit the nail on the head. By the power of the Spirit, we can actually walk in victory over the flesh. So there's a whole nother side. People think that when you preach like the blessing of the Lord, it's all just like, oh, there's no righteousness. There's no holiness. No, like, you know, and I see people make that contrast. Oh, you're just a prosperity preacher. You don't talk about shin. I'm like, do you, you know, believe it or not, you don't have to pick or choose. You can teach about living a holy (laughs) and righteous life and teach about the blessing of the Lord. Like those two things don't contradict one another. And so. Right. We do actually have an obligation, my friend, to crucify the flesh. And Paul talked about that. Paul literally said, you know, physical training, like people, he taught about how people will prepare for the Olympics. You know, he was in the Roman culture. They had the Olympics athletes. They'll shadow box. They'll, they'll get themselves in physical condition. And he said in the same way that people train physically, he says, I discipline myself. So basically what he was talking about was I do things intentionally in my life to make sure that I keep my flesh under subjection of the Holy Ghost. I make sure that flesh is crucified. I don't. And here's the thing. Every Christian to walk in the spirit, 
That actually is a really good point. I'm glad that that person said that. You have got to stop feeding your flesh. So if you're, if you're a Christian that's watching porn all the time, you're going to have a really hard time hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost. And we're not going to get into sin that sends people to hell. It's true. But I'm just going to say this aspect. You are going to be have a very, 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 very hard time hearing the voice of the Holy Ghost if you're a carnal Christian. If you're like one of those Christians that your life consists of going and hitting Planet Fitness, bumping to, I don't even know who's a rapper nowadays. Who's a rapper? Little Wayne? He was a rapper when I was in high school. Is he still doing music? Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> um, shoot. Who's that? I mean, dude, I don't even know. People are just going to laugh. But, you know, you're just jamming Nicki yeah, Minaj, little, whoever. Little Bodie. Little Bodie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to have a really hard time. Little doorknob, you know. Uh, <laughs> little doorknob. You're going to have a really hard time walking in the spirit because you all you do is feed your carnal that that flesh that is that is in opposition to god so yeah we all have an obligation as christians to crucify the flesh tanner we got way more questions rolling in so i know you could speak to that yeah um so and i also do want to say something that's not off topic but that's a little bit you know in a different direction than what you were saying about you know the prosperity side of things um, you know, because people live in this mindset that they either have to live holy or rich, that the two can't go together. Um, and that's completely and totally not true, because you can see all throughout Deuteronomy 28. You know, when you look at the promises in Deuteronomy 28, obedience to the Lord does equal prosperity. It literally says that if you obey the Lord, your God, that all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You won't just have blessings. These blessings will overtake you if you obey the Lord. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be in the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts. And so I, I think it's very important to note, you know, because and I think that, praise God, more people. You are sound so much better, BTW. <laughs> I can actually hear you, you now. You sound great. Go ahead. Well, my horse was running at full speed, and you just tripped it. So, no, people need to realize. <laughs> people, people need to realize that you can walk in prosperity with the Lord, and also walk in prosperity in the land. The Bible literally says in Deuteronomy twenty-eight, which, mind you, those people were living in a worse covenant. The Bible tells us that we live in a better covenant than they did in the Old Testament. And so, if if it was the Lord's will to bless those in Deuteronomy twenty-eight, how much more is it? the Lord's will to bless you now that you're living in New Testament Christianity. And, and so I'll say this, though. I'll say this because it's important. When you preach, you know, the blessing of the Lord, you also have to preach how to obtain it and how to lose it. The Bible, the Bible is very clear throughout. You read, this, you read Job, you read Abraham, you read about all of these rich men and women in the Bible, is they were rich because they didn't worship their wealth. They worshiped the God who could give them wealth. God will right. only bless you with what you're willing to sacrifice. And so, you know, and, and, and even in the Old Testament, when, you know, a lot of people, because a lot of people like to use the Old Testament, you know, to, to debunk the fact that God wants everyone, you know, to be wealthy. You know, people completely and totally, you know, ignore or adjudicate, whatever that word is, the end of Job. 
you know, Job was willing to let go of everything that he had, but he wasn't willing to let go of his relationship with the Lord. And so because of that fact, because of the fact that Job wasn't willing to let go of this relationship with the Lord, but he was willing to let go of all of the things, the material things that he had been blessed with, God decided to restore back to him double what what had been taken to him. And so I think it's also important, you know, to know that because I, I do notice it a lot. There are a lot of Christians, you know, that just go around worshiping the wealth and not worshiping the one who can who provides the wealth. We could probably I mean, honestly, man, we should do a whole nother top topic. And you guys follow us. If you're watching this, click the follow button. We'll jump on here and do another one soon. Where me and Tanner, we will prove to you, because this is like, you see the stupidest stuff, right? You see things on Netflix, or I think it was on Netflix, the prosperity gospel, the American gospel is what it's called. I, we will prove to you from the scripture, not my mindset, my opinion versus your opinion. If we're Christians, we, we don't live by our opinions. We need to go to what the word says. And if the word says it, it settles it, period. We'll, I'll prove right. to you like five different ways through the scripture that is irrefutably proven in the scripture that God's well, will is for you to prosper financially. And we'll do that on another broadcast. Well, let me, let me say this and then we can play these questions. You know, I, my goal and my passion in life as an evangelist, as a pastor, whatever, all the titles that I wear, whatever is, is to show people that we don't have to live this life being subject to the devil walking up to us at our locker, beating us up and taking our lunch money. But, oh, praise God, because the glory is his. I want to tell you something. We were made to live in victory over sin, victory over the devil. Luke 10, 19, when Jesus actually delegated his authority that he got from the Holy Spirit, from from God himself, he delegated that authority to us. And the reason he delegated that authority to us was that not that we should boast in the works that we should do, but that we should boast in how God, how good God is. And so you weren't actually created to just worship the Lord and suffer for the rest of your life. You were created and delegated authority to to dominate the devil and to help other people and show other people that they can also dominate the devil. Because I lived the first 21 years of my life, you know, just, Lord, I don't know. I don't care what happens. I'll just worship you and I'll praise you. And that, that's, that's great, but the fact of the matter is is that you do not have to live a miserable, defeated life just because you're a Christian. And I'll tell you that because you can't find me one person in the Bible who was miserable that had the blessing of the Lord. Paul wasn't miserable. Yes, he spent a lot of time in prison, but Paul was one of the most optimistic people in the Bible. Even when Paul was in prison, he was writing to the church of Corinthians saying, hey, guys, I appreciate all of your gifts, but stop sending them to me because I don't have enough room to contain all of your gifts. But anyway, let's like you said, we can talk about that a later time because I could talk about that. Oh, man. Yeah, we we should. We'll come on here soon. All of our followers will do a like however many points, three, five, ten. There's tons. Oh, man. Irrefutable proofs. Yeah, irrefutable Bible proofs that God's will is for you to prosper. And I hope we get trolls because I want to tell you, we're not blowing smoke. So we we know what we believe and we can prove it. So if you're a troll, hop on here and we'll take you to school, my friend. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you. My can I say something hi to everyone listening? God bless you. Hope you're having a God-filled day. I try not to ask God for money. 
I just applied for a job and I found myself always looking at my phone, seeing if they emailed me. I don't want nothing more than Jesus, okay? Jesus, not Jesus, John was content whether he had a lot or a little. So that's what I start praying for because I don't want to be mad at God because I'm when I have a little. So I do I start praying for money. That's just me. Hope you don't mind my input, but I'd rather be blessed with love and forgiveness and not judging people because they look different than me or that's the stuff I want to be rich in. You know what I mean? Well turn to Jesus, my friend. So I love your heart. Let me say that. And I want to say if you'll tune into our next broadcast, I want we want to help you change your mindset because when a lot of people think about money, which let's not turn this into money. We're, this is about Walking in the spirit of God, but because they have the wrong mindset about even what the Bible says, how to if you understand God's command and the and the resource that money is to fulfill the command of the Lord, money's not a bad thing. The Bible never says that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I actually want to show you from the scripture on our next broadcast. You don't have to choose between being rich and love and mercy and it's not like one or the other. And, and we'll show you that in the scripture. But thank you for your input. A couple more questions. Blessings on you, the poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessings on you who are hungry, for you will eat well. Blessings on you who grieve, for you will be comforted. Blessings on you when they insult you and impress, oppress you and tell you all kinds of evil about you because of the human child. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for this is how they oppress the prophets who came before you. Love your enemies and pray for those who oppress you, that you may be children of your Father, for he makes the sun. Cool. Yeah, I don't know if she's just reading the scripture or what. Uh, if you're trying to, like, emphasize the poor thing... I mean, you're going to have a really hard case. Blessed are those who are poor while you're sending a message on a $1,000 device, you know. Uh, my my bet is you're not really poor. You're, you're definitely not 2,000 years ago, third world country poor. Uh, so, anyways, I don't know if that was... No offense, these things that you say about um, God giving power over the evil in this world... Um, to everyone um, would be false. Uh, not everyone is at combat for the Lord here. Um, you can't expect everyone to be a prophet. You can't expect everyone to live by the word, um, especially this day and age, as we already know. Um, there's been a lot of misunderstanding um, to the good and truths of the doctrine. Um, Okay, I don't, I don't really get her point. Um, no, hold on. Let, let, let me speak to that because I get what she's saying. I mean, yes, the Bible says that, you know, God gives gifts as he, as he sees fit. So you're right. Not every single person that's alive is going to be a prophet. Um, but as far as, you know, the, the, the comment that I'm false saying that we have power over the enemy. So let, let, let me just and – I'm, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, I'm just combating what you're saying with Scripture. Um, because it's important that when you make points like that, or you say that what somebody's saying is wrong, it's like, cause I know for me, if I hear somebody say, accuse someone else of being wrong, like, I really need you to show me in the scripture 
where, you know, where that's coming from. And so I want to explain to you from the scripture why I made that statement, because maybe I was partially in blame by not, you know, using more scripture to back that up. So let's look, take a look at what happens when we become a believer. The Bible says that when someone comes into fellowship, this is scripture. This is not my, this is not me, you know, from my mind. The Bible says that when you become a new creation in Christ, the old you, you pass away. And it's no longer you that lives, but it's Christ that lives in you. Now, I have an important question for you. Did Christ have dominion over evil? Did Christ have dominion over, you know, sickness? Did Christ have dominion over the things of the devil? And the answer to that question is yes, he definitely did. And so the reason why I say, you know, when I, when I say that we have power over the devil, what I'm really saying is, is that it's Christ that has power over the devil and Christ is the one that's living on the inside of us. So that that authority that I'm talking about, it does belong to the believer, but it doesn't it doesn't come from the believer's own power. It comes from the power of what Jesus Christ did while he was on the earth and also what he did on the cross. And so I, I, I kind of understand, you know, why why you you were a little confused about what I said. But I also want to make, you know, make it very known that that is absolutely false. We, we do have power and dominion over the evil one i mean yeah and so that that that's just that i just wanted to give that brief explanation and i do want to apologize if i didn't use you know the adequate scripture to explain myself but hopefully that makes a lot more sense i'm gonna give her a scripture i'm just gonna let the bible because here's the thing like we said at the end of the day and and i know honestly i don't know like what spirits behind that? I know sometimes people will pop in and, you know, they're not even being mean to, but the devil's just trying to use them to bring confusion and get us off topic. And so let me read you a couple of scriptures real quick. Luke ten nineteen. So let's just read this. Um, so we'll read the Bible here. This is the Bible. So if you have anything you want to combat, just I ask this. It's not, well, this is what I believe. This is my because I hear people all the time. I get on here, I preach to people, I try to win the loss on stereo. Like that's what I like to do in free time that I have. Uh and people just believe the quackiest, weirdest stuff. And you're like, why do you believe that? They're like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I believe that. Well, that's a problem. You know, I don't just believe random things. I'm gonna read you what the Bible says. And as a Christian, you know, nobody has to be a Christian, but if you are a Christian, you're literally, that's what you're saying. Like, I adhere to the authority of the word of God. So, Luke 10, 19. Look, I have given you authority over all. Look at that word, all, A-L-L, the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You know, Mark 16, 17. So let me just make a point. I'm sorry, Mark 17. Mark 16, 17. Yeah, 16, 17. Mark 16, 17. Jesus said, these signs will accompany those who believe. Just number one, they will cast out demons in my name. How? So look at that. These signs will follow those who, who what? Believe. If you're a believer, Jesus says you have this ability. How is it that you have the ability to cast out a demon? Because you have authority over the demon. The reason that Jesus said a believer can speak to a devil spirit and command it to go and it has to go is because you actually have power over every devil spirit. 
So that's what the Bible says. You have authority over all the power of the devil. This is Colossians 2, 14. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Look at this. In this way, Jesus disarmed. He disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So the Bible says that Jesus disarmed. Look at that. Jesus didn't just forgive you of your sins. Part of the, the, redemp the redemption that he paid for on the cross was he literally took away the devil's ability to fight against you. Isn't that powerful? The devil's disarmed when it comes to a believer. He can't do anything. A lot of Christians don't think like this. Even look at Ephesians chapter 6. 6. You hear that squeak? Ephesians chapter 6. <laughs> look at it, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'll read through the armor of God. And I'm look, everything that we're believing. So this is my point. When you get around somebody that wants to run their mouth, blah, blah, blah. This is what I think. And this is what. And then you go, OK, that's wonderful. Now, why? Like, can you prove it? And they're like, um, um, you know, you need to just like not listen to that person. Everything that we're saying, we can back by the scripture. And so Ephesians 6, this is the armor of God. Verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. And with which you can quench all the fiery arrows of the devil. So think about that. The Bible actually says that faith, if you walk in faith, and it, and it kind of paints this picture of a shield, you can quench every fiery dart of the devil. That means that there's not one loss that you have to suffer the rest of your life. If you will take up what the Bible calls faith, the devil won't be able to touch you. That faith will encompass you like a shield and protect you and quench every single one of his attacks. I mean, it's amazing to think that Jesus Christ purchased immunity from the power of the devil for the believer. The last scripture I'll show you, share with you is 1 John 4.4. 4. It says this. It says, such a person in verse 3, so if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person's not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. So look, it's talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. It says, but you, look at this, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in this world. So the Bible says that you, because of what Jesus did, you've already won victory over the spirit of the Antichrist. So when you get out of that mindset, like no offense, but this the commoner that you just heard, you've got to get out of that mindset where you're trying to win victory to I already have victory. I want to tell you, you walk around with confidence. I'll say it boldly. The devil's not allowed to touch my life. The devil, he's, let me say this, the devil's not strong enough to touch my life. If there's any witches that listen to this broadcast, let me tell you, give it your best freaking shot. Do your little chicken blood enchantments. You can cast a spell against me, and I want to tell you, it will not hinder me. It won't stop me. Not one family, not one member of my family will die. Not one thing that I'm doing will cease and stop. You have no power. The spirit that lives in me 
the Holy Ghost is greater than any devil spirit that exists in this world. And when you get that confidence, and it's not confidence in myself, it's, it's, it's the Holy Ghost who lives in me. You begin to walk in victory, perpetual victory, every single day of your life. So you can come on here and say, well, I don't believe, you know, it's not right. We don't have authority. Oh, according to the Bible, which I just proved to you, we have authority over the devil. Complete and total authority. Case closed. If you're a believer. If you're a believer. If you're not a believer, then, you know, you don't. Your life is going to be ran by the the devil. You'll be the devil's prison girlfriend. If you catch my drift. So. uh, Anyways, let's try. We can wrap this up. This has been good, but we were, we were talking about the Holy Ghost, how to be led by the Spirit of God. So, I just want you guys to hear this. The Bible says in John 10.10, 10, I'll, I'll, I'll share a word with you that's, that's so true. We've already clarified before we got into all these rabbit trails, which are good. This is questions people have. But we clarified by the scripture that if you're a believer, you can you can hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. And not only can you hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says if you're a believer, the trademark sign that you belong to Jesus should be that you live by that voice. And so the Holy Spirit will speak to you every day about every move that you should make. Every decision that you should make, every investment that you should make, the Holy Ghost, I want to tell you guys, here's something you need to live by. Don't live a random life and don't do random things. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. Jesus didn't do random things. Jesus didn't like, hey, I, geez, Louise, bro, what was that? Uh, There's a door behind me. Kali, that sounded like you were walking into a. Uh, got some Edgar Allan Poe stuff going on. <laughs> Tanner, the cask of the Amontillado Crawford. Anyways. <laughs> so. Don't do random stuff. Jesus didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? I feel like I, I just I think I want to go to Jerusalem today. That's what I'm going to do. He said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only go where my father tells me to go. I only say what my father tells me to say. I only, you know, I'm only moved by the hand of my father, by the Holy Ghost. And so, make sure I didn't lose you, Tanner. You went quiet on my end. Uh, so. No, I put myself on mute because I was, I'm, I'm uh, moving locations. Oh, okay. So. Don't do random things. What I'm trying to get to you is this. There is like every decision that you make in life, you need to filter through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Not based off of a word somebody else tells you. What is the spirit leading you to do? So when you come to buying a house, don't do not listen to me. Do not buy a house looking around saying, well, where's what's the cheapest house? What's the best deal? What's the you know, making carnal decisions like that. People just do random stuff and it doesn't work out. And it's because God has no obligation to bless your mess. 
What if the Lord wills it, he'll provide for it. If it's the Lord's will, it's the Lord's bill. But so many times people do their own thing. They make their own decisions. They just do random stuff in life. And then it doesn't work because it was never the leading of the Holy Ghost. It was never the Lord's will for you to do it anyways. And then you come crying out to the Lord saying, what the heck happened, Lord? Why is this not working? Why is this not blessed? Why does it seem like I made this decision and it's like I'm losing money all the time? I'm going backwards all the time. You cannot make your own decisions and then just hope or try to convince God to bless it. There's a specific place you are to live. Do you know that? Everybody listening to this broadcast, there is a neighborhood that God's called you to, a house. And, and if you'll stop living like a slave, man, there's this house in this neighborhood, and I just really feel pulled to this area. But it's more than this other house. This other house is $50,000 cheaper. So, you know, I think we're just going to go in this direction. Stop living like a freaking slave and be obedient to the Holy Ghost. You really think $50,000 is a problem for God? You really think that God's going to call you to do something and then not provide for it? You know, you got to get out of that mindset. And, and the reason people even think like that is because they have no identity. They have no revelation of their identity, according to the word. There is a place the Lord has called you to. There's a house the Lord's called you to. Let me tell you, don't work random jobs. Don't just go, I'm just going to put my application out. You know, that, that, that girl earlier was saying on, on the broadcast. She just goes around submitting applications and then she doesn't get called back. Look, stop doing random stuff. Learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. He will tell you exactly where to go, who to go to. And when you go there, you know, he'll put you in connection with people and things begin to happen with ease. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. It's just, I'm telling you this, when you get a revelation of the word of God, life becomes easy. It's like, Lord, I don't have to figure this thing out. Can I tell you, I could just literally stay on here and talk for days about the testimonies of, of just simply obeying the Holy Ghost. This year, the Lord has put supernatural connections that even Pastor Tanner has benefited from these connections. And it's like things have opened up for us. Doors have opened up for us. Connections have opened up for us. And I never had to go chase these. I never had to make a way for myself. I never had to promote myself. I never had to do anything like that. All I had to do, the Lord put a specific person in my spirit, said, contact this person, invite them to your church. Boom. All of a sudden, by obedience, a whole year of blessing is opened up to me, and I didn't even have to work for it. It just happens. And if you'll learn to live life being led by the Holy Ghost, you'll prosper in everything that you do. I know this is really going to piss some people off when I say this, but it's true. Kenneth Hagin said that one day the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, if you'll learn how to hear my voice, I'll make you rich. Now, people will take that because they have the wrong spirit and the wrong mindset about money. And they'll think, oh, my gosh, that's like sacrilegious. How could you say that? No, but here's the point. When you walk in the will of God, you will prosper. And so that was the revelation. The Holy Spirit was saying, look. To Kenneth Hagin as a minister, he said, don't live a life 
you know, because a lot of people will do this. A lot of people will live a life. And you know what's so funny? The people that come on here and they're like totally against what you're, you know, I would rather be rich in mercy than, dude, don't freaking tell me that you're not grinding, trying to make money. You know, it's just all religious. It's, it's a false, deceiving spirit that lies to people. Here's what Jesus said, though. A lot of people live life the wrong way. They live life pursuing after wealth. Every decision they make, how can I just make more money? How can I get ahead? You know, fathers, they end up sacrificing Thanksgiving, Christmas, Sundays. I can't go to church on Sunday because I got some extra hours at my work and I'm trying to make some more money to put in my 401k, make sure my kids get to, you know, have this, this and this. Look, I want to tell you something, my friend. You have a God desire to take care of your family. You should desire taking care of your family well. I don't think people are making these decisions from a wrong spirit. I think a lot of people pursue after wealth like that because for good reason. Like, look, I have a kid. I have a wife. I want to make sure that they never know the struggles that I knew. Man, that is a honorable thing. It's a godly thing, actually. But the way to obtain it is completely different than how the world will tell you. This is what the Holy Ghost spoke to Kenneth Hagin. And I'm going to give you a scripture. He says, just listen to my voice and I'll make you rich. Jesus said in Matthew 6, I'll read it to you. The close of Matthew 6. Look at this statement. He said, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. So Jesus was literally, I mean, guys, this is how easy that this is. Jesus said, if you will not live a life in the flesh, I'm just trying to get the best deal. I'm just trying to make the most money. I'm just trying to depend on my own understanding and and do things the way that I was told to do things. Jesus said, if you'll throw all of that away and you'll learn to be obedient to my voice, you'll go where I tell you to go. You'll do what I tell you to do. You'll be who I tell you to be. You'll say what I tell you to say. He says, everything that you would have pursued for yourself, spent your whole life killing yourself trying to obtain, I will add it to you. And you'll never even have to kill yourself for it. It'll be simply added to you by the blessing of the Lord when you're obedient to what I say. This is the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Tanner, did I lose you? You still on? Yep. I'm still here. Okay. So I can tell you story after story. So when I say don't do random stuff, this is how a believer should live their life. You listen to the Holy Ghost. Guys, can I tell you even ministry? Because I know we share this on our social medias. There'll probably be some ministers hop on and watch this. I think that it's absolutely freaking crazy seeing how most ministers get a job. You know, you hear pastors and they brag about it like it's normal. Right? They're like, I've heard pastors in large churches say, yeah, before I got hired at this church, you know, I, I went to several interviews and I interviewed at this church and I interviewed at that church. And I, you know, that's like it's just like a freaking occupation. I'm sorry, I'm using the word freaking a lot. It's just like an occupation. Like they just say, let's just throw our resume out there and see who bites and then who offers us the most money. And then what is that called? One day they're over there in Texas. Then the next day they're in Chicago. Then the next day they're 
Look, here's my point. You're not thinking kingdom. There is a specific place the Lord has prepared for you. There is a community the Lord's prepared for you. There's a people the Lord's called you to. There's a church the Lord's called you to. And if you will align yourself up, God has made a way for you and the blessing of the Lord will flow into your life with ease. Whenever things aren't happening with ease, it's because you're out of alignment. I truly believe that with my whole heart. Bishop David Oedepo actually preached that a couple of Sundays ago. When something is not blessed, it's not God's fault. It's because something is out of alignment. And so don't do random things. You know, I'll share this revelation with you. John 10, 10. Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and life abundantly. I'll never forget the day the Lord showed this to me several years ago. I was reading that. The Holy Ghost just gave me this picture. The Holy Ghost said, okay, here's a circle. I want you to picture this if you're listening to this. Just picture a circle, a big circle, a a, a really large circle. Okay, so about a foot away from that big circle. Now draw in your mind another little circle. So you have this big circle on the left, this little circle up in the corner on the right. The Lord said, this little circle is you, John. And he, and, and he said, this big circle is the fulfillment of the promise of John 10.10. 10. This big circle is where life and life abundantly is for. It, it is where life and life abundantly is. He said, this big circle is where David talked about in Psalms 23, where he says, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not even want. Goodness and mercy pursue me. My cup overflows with blessing. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He said, this big circle is the blessed life that I have intended for you where the blessing of the Lord is. He says, do you notice you are outside of that big circle? He says, I know everything that needs to go, every step you need to take in order to get from where you're at into the blessing. And if you'll learn how to listen to my voice, I'll take you to John 10, 10. I'll take you to Psalms 23. And then all of a sudden now, the voice of the Lord turned from harsh condemnation to sweet conviction. Because can I tell you, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. People that walk around, and you know, say, say you're struggling with pornography right now and you're a believer. And I say struggling, that's a stupid, stupid word to use. Honestly, you're choosing, you're choosing pornography right now and you're a believer and you're, you're having a hard time. You're having a hard time. Like, you know, you feel convicted. A lot of people feel condemned. And they think, you know, God's just angry. He hates you. You're not good enough. They misinterpret that voice. Conviction is sweet. Conviction is when you understand the heart of God, that he knows he has this blessing, this this land of prosperity, the land flowing with milk and honey that he's prepared for you. And he knows that what's in your life is holding you back from stepping into it. Now, all of a sudden, the voice of the Holy Spirit becomes sweet. Lord, you say, Lord, I understand what you're trying to give to me. It's so much better than what I got. It's easy to give up these things. I don't know if you have anything you want to add yet to that, Tanner. I think I lost him. 
Hello. No, I'm still here. Okay. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard what you said. Sorry, I had some, I was I made those calls earlier and somebody one of them was texting me. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Um, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. No, I, I I agree with you 100%. And it's been evident in my life and my wife's life, in our ministry. When you walk in what the Lord has for you, you'll you know a lot of these people like to paint this picture. You know, where we say, God, I'll praise you on the mountaintop and I'll praise you in the valley. You know. When you, when you walk in everything the Lord has for you and you adhere to the, to the voice of the Holy Spirit and go where the Holy Spirit leads you to go, there will be no valleys. It's glory That's right. to glory, mountaintop to mountaintop. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. And let me just explain to you, you know, what I mean. If you live in America and you're listening to us on a smartphone right now, you, you, know, you're, you know that you're ahead of about 85% of the rest of the population in the world. You're right. And so I, you know, a lot of people struggle with that, but I'm telling you the moment that I began to yield to the voice of the Holy ghost only did what the Holy ghost told me to do only went where the Holy ghost told me to go. I began to see blessing after blessing. We just, the Lord just put it in my spirit to, you know, do a, uh, to do an outreach. We're doing it Saturday. You know, we're going to go, we're going to give away a TV. We're going to give away, you know, a couple hundred dollars in bill pays. We're going to give away this, that, and the other. But the main point of it is to go and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ so that the captives may have liberty, so that, you know, none should perish. Well, and let so, me say this, too. Oh, my, my bad. Go ahead. Finish your thought first. Uh, and, and, and so you, you have to understand, you know, it's costed it's cost a lot of money to do what we did. We bought an entire top-of-the-line sound system. We bought it. We bought the 50-inch TV. We bought all the gift cards. We did. We did all of these, you know, seemingly impossible things. But here's the thing: God take makes a habit of taking what's impossible for man and making it a supernatural naturality for for people who adhere and yield to His voice. And John said said something earlier that he said that if it's God's will, it's God's bill. If God tells you to do something, He's going to provide you the means necessary to do it. If God says, go ye and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every living creature, he's going to give you the means to do it. He's going to give you a working vehicle. He's going to give you a job. He's going to give you everything that you need to achieve the purpose that he set you out for. And so I just I just wanted to add that in there because, man, we have seen some, I mean, some supernatural provisions from the Lord in the past couple of weeks just yielding to his voice and doing what he's told us to do. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So, and anybody that comes on, I mean, can I get real for a moment? Like, let's just stop playing this game. Anybody that comes on and wants to say, I'll, you know, I don't really care about the blessed. That's not right. <laughs> We've, we have helped more people. We have fulfilled the mandate of scripture more this month. I promise you than anybody that's going to come on and say that this month, you know, and I'm not saying us, like I'm not giving glory to me. I'm giving glory to Jesus because his word is true and he'll do it for anybody. But just this month, by the end of this month, we'll have given over $7,000 away to other ministries that, that aren't ours. I mean, you can't give $7,000 away. Most people that like that want to come on and say something like that are people who, you know, they're struggling themselves. 
They're walking around with their hand out, actually hoping that somebody would just throw them a bone, hoping that somebody will pay their rent, hoping that somebody will give them a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why, why don't we just get out of this? Like, I just want to argue and be controversial. And some ignorant person said something one time, so I'm going to choose the whole nod to it. Why don't we just get away from that and get down to the facts of the matter? You can help more people if you have money than you can if you don't have money. Am I right? Yep. You're, I mean, I'm right. It's true. And so, you know, it boils down to that simple concept. Anybody, and I mean, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, and I've heard it. I've heard it said, and I agree with it full heartedly. Anybody that takes the approach that money doesn't matter, you're also a person that, be, that doesn't really believe souls matter. If you believe souls matter, you would understand the importance of money. You would understand the necessity of money. It takes money to win souls. It takes money. And if you want to preach, there's a difference between, well, I can win souls. You're right. You can win souls one-on-one -on, -one on the streets. That's true. But what if the Lord tells you, hey, I want you to preach to hundreds of people at a time. I want you to do an event where you gather hundreds and hundreds. And instead of something that most churches don't do, like, like let me put this into perspective. Just this last Saturday, in a little bitty town of 2,100 people, we won 57 people to the Lord. 57 people confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in a two-hour period. You know that most churches in America will go all year this year and not win 57 people to the Lord. And yet we were able to do that in two hours, 57 people to the Lord. And it's not because we're great and amazing and wonderful. It's because the Holy Ghost told us exactly what to do, how to do it, where to do it, who to do it with. And we were able, he provided the money for us to be able to buy giveaways, you know, bring people in, do all this stuff that we did. And so when you think practically, the Lord, hey, the Lord wants me to preach the gospel. What if the Lord tells you to preach the gospel to 10,000 people? Do a crusade in Africa. Do you, let me just give you a revelation here, my friends. Sound equipment costs money. Stages cost money. By hiring security costs money. Bringing people in to run equipment costs money. And God's got no problem with providing money. You need to start you need to start thinking about things from a kingdom perspective and get out of that slave religious I mean honestly devil spirit driven mindset. And so we'll wrap it up with this. I'll tell you my testimony. You know the Lord, the Holy Ghost I, I did not marry a random girl. I married the woman the Holy Ghost told me to marry. I don't live in a random place. I'm where I'm at by the leading of the Holy Spirit. So to give you some kind of backstory here, I'm 25 years old, and me and my wife have had the privilege of planting a church, purchasing a church with no loan from a bank, Money supernaturally came forward over, you know, $100,000 came forward. 20-something thousand dollars were given to us off the top. The other 70-something thousand dollars was loaned to us at 0% interest. I mean, literally the Bible's way, like, you know, that's what, that's what, 
there's an allowance for that in the scripture. I mean, just supernatural. We've been able to plant a church. We planted a church in, in January of 2020 at the beginning of this pandemic. And here's my point. We're still very young. And nothing that we've done is because we're great. It's not because we're awesome. And I want to tell you, there's people that are twice the age of me that are still struggling and still striving. And they're not anywhere close to, you know, they want a church, but they're not anywhere close to having a building. They're not anywhere close to having an actual brick and mortar organization that they've started from the ground up and and doing this. And it's not because I'm some guru. It's not because I just have some knowledge about church planning that's amazing and awesome. It's literally because the Holy Ghost told us exactly what to do, where to do it, when to do it, and how to do it. And we've just done what he's told us to do every step of the way. And this is the result. And I want to tell you, if you look at our ministry in five years, it's going to blow people away in the world. And they're going to try to put some kind of credit to me and my wife and say, man, you guys are so awesome. And I'll say, look, I'm really not awesome. I'm actually very normal. Like I'm not, you know, I don't sit around and just like fast six, 600 hours at a time and, you know, 400 days of the year. <laughs> which there's more, you know, there's less than 400 days. That's the point. Pray for 16 hours a day. I don't do anything like that. And I'm not taking away from prayer and fasting. Don't, don't misinterpret me. People are like, look, look, he's just preaching. You don't have to pray and fast. No, that's not what I'm saying. Listen to what I am saying. I'm actually very normal. My point is follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. So my story was, and I was from New Mexico and Long story short, the Lord called me out of Christ for the nations. When I was two, two years in, the Lord called me out. The Holy Ghost told me, propose to your, this girl that you're dating, Carissa, and called me into ministry in my hometown. So we did that. We got married. We're in the ministry there for almost two years. We were youth pastors. I started out scrubbing the floors in the, in the church, doing maintenance, got promoted to, to the youth ministry position, served was running for the kingdom full force. Well, two years into it, and I'll spare you the long story, but basically two years into it, the Holy Ghost began to just impress upon us by the word land. Every time we would read the Bible, we would see things hop out to us like the righteous will possess the land. Like where God told Joshua, everywhere your foot treads, you'll be on land that I've already given to you. So it's like we couldn't shake it. It wasn't something we were trying to see ourselves. It was something that obviously the Holy Spirit was impressing to us. So we just said, Lord, what's what's up with this land? What are you talking about this land? So we begin to dive into land. We begin to look around and say, is there land for sale? You know, uh, and we had some vision and, you know, it doesn't really pertain to the story. I'm just giving you the necessary details. Long story short, we had a conversation with my wife's parents, and we had never even considered this or thought about this. But my wife's family, you know, has 200 acres of land in East Texas. And so we had this conversation where they had opened up this land to us with some of the vision that we brought to them. And they told us, here's this 200 acres of land. You come out there. You pay the property tax. There's a house on it. There's two ponds on it. It's yours. You know, you just need to come out, maintain it, pay the property taxes on the place and you can have it. And so it didn't make any sense. We came down, we drove 10 hours from New Mexico to East Texas. We stepped foot on the land and instantly we got this green light. 
And I want to just kind of classify, or, or I'm sorry, clarify this. The Holy Ghost doesn't always speak from audible voices. I'm not saying that you can't hear audible voices. They heard audible voices in, in, in the scripture. Jesus heard an audible voice from the Father. Angels appeared to Paul and Peter and, and spoke to them. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but you need to learn how to listen to the still voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Follow the green light, red light method. Kenneth Hagin teaches. It's really easy. Follow the peace of the Holy Ghost. When you're stepping into a situation, is the peace of the Holy Ghost, do you feel peace? Do you feel this green light or do you feel this? This hefty, like, no, 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 that's not right. I don't know why it's not right. It doesn't make sense to me why I feel this way. It makes sense that I should do this, but for some reason, I don't feel the peace and the, I don't have the green light of the Spirit on it. Don't ever do anything without that green light. We stepped foot on this land, we got the green light of the Holy Ghost. It didn't make sense. We, uh, I'm guessing everybody can still hear me, right? I don't see my little avatar moving. Yeah, we, we can hear you. Okay, so we it didn't really make sense. We were in ministry, and now we're moving out here. We had no jobs. We had no church that we were being transferred to. We didn't even have family out here. My sister and brother-in-law had moved with us, so that was, you know, helpful. But we were basically coming out here in faith, like we had nothing. And so really, in the flesh, it didn't make sense. A lot of people were like, wait. You guys are in ministry and you're stepping away to go move out into Texas and like go into normal jobs. And, you know, you're doing the opposite. Most people are trying to get out of their normal jobs and back into the ministry or into, you know, into a ministry opportunity. Well, the Holy Ghost told us to do it. We came out here in faith. And so. When we came out here, I remember just feeling this. We step into this old dusty farmhouse. We didn't even have a lawnmower, you know. We're out here in the country. And we said, okay, Lord, now what? Well, I want to give you a principle you can live by. You never have to get, you know, do what the Bible says to do and then ask the Lord for extra things. So many people will just stand in this season with their sitting on their hands and do nothing when there's specific instruction in the Bible of what you're already supposed to do. Let me tell you two things. Number one, the Bible says a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. Don't ever, don't ever, listen to me, don't ever not have a job, not work, because I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just, I'm just not going to get a job. I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to take care of my family. I'm in the ministry. I'm waiting on the Lord. No, you're, you're not. You're not hearing from God. The scripture says that a man that doesn't take care of those in his household is worse than an infidel and has our unbeliever and has denied the true faith. So I said, Lord, I know number one, I need to work, take care of my wife. Number two, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25 to not forsake assembling together as some people do, but we should be meeting together more frequently as the end draws near. So I said, I need to work. I need to get plugged into a church. What did we do? We got jobs. We started working. We got plugged into a church, started working, serving the Lord, started serving our church. Uh, about eight months, and I'm going to tell you why it's so critical to follow the voice of the Holy Ghost. Eight months into it, the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly, so clearly to me. And there's times, this isn't every day, there's times when the Lord has spoken so clearly to me, and then he just, it's just proven. His word comes to pass when I'm obedient to it. I remember, I'll give you another little example. Last summer, 
actually last spring I was out mowing my grass, funny enough. And the Holy Ghost said, I'm about to shift your ministry to another level. I'm going to open doors for you to preach. Immediately, about a week later, I got a call from a pastor in Idaho. I never reached out, never told anybody that word, called me and said, the Holy Ghost told me to invite you to come do three days of meetings at our church. So my point is, anytime the Lord speaks, you'll know that it's him because when you're obedient, he'll confirm it. So these people that run around with these words, oh, I'm going to be the next so-and-so. I'm going to get a staff position over here. And you know what? And it never happens. They need to humble themselves because they're not hearing from the Lord. If the Lord said it, it will happen. It'll come to pass as long as you're obedient. And so. Amen. So we get over here. Here for eight months, the Holy Ghost spoke to me with a series of questions. He said, John, where are you working right now? I said, Lord, I'm working outside of, you know, the city. I'm not going to tell you where. Uh, the city. Well, I, I guess it really doesn't matter. I said, Lord, I'm working outside of Lufkin, Texas. Where is your wife working? She's working in Lufkin, Texas. Where's your church at? My church is in Lufkin, Texas. The Lord says, John, where's the house that I gave you? The house that he gave me is not in Lufkin, Texas. I'll tell you that much. And so he says, okay, you don't even realize it. You know, but I've given you like that house. That's a sign. That's a symbol of my favor. I've opened the door for you in this other community. And you've been here eight months and you don't even know a single person in the community that I've given to you in the community that I've called you to. So the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And I'm going to tell you, it was so true. He said, the church that you're at, you'll never be more than a door greeter or a cookie server. He said, there is a church that needs the gift that I've given you. And you are to go now, and I'm going to open up doors for leadership. So immediately the next Sunday, we moved from the church that we were at, and we went to this new church. So when I came to this little town that we're in, I didn't know which church to go to. But there was a little church that, uh, it was called Life Church at the time, and it, you know, I'll be honest with you. It was the only church that didn't say Baptist or Methodist or something like that on the front of it. So I said, here, let's go try this one out. So we went and we walked in. And let me tell you guys what. It was horrible. I mean, it was God awful. We walked in, you know, the worship team's over there singing. Let it rain. I mean, we were like, oh, my God. You know, we walked out of there that Sunday thinking, oh, my gosh, we're never coming back here again. <laughs> in the flesh we're like this this was just crazy you know it felt like being in a nightclub but not in a good way it was like it was just bad and so uh we walk out hold on we got a message it's nice to finally hear a stereo show about um Jesus and Satan, 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 fuck, 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 ass, 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 Even your pee, I'll I'll, I'll use a lot there, guys. Even your pee 
hitting the urinal sounds feminine after what you just said. <laughs> God bless it. So, uh, anyways, you know, we walked out. We were thinking, man, this thing was horrible. But I want to tell you, this, this is why you need the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost said, no, I want you to stay. So long story short, we ended up, after like several months of being there, we ended up being appointed as a youth pastors. And that's a whole nother, like, I'm telling you, a whole nother testimony of following the voice of the Holy Ghost. And so I left this really good job that everybody, I, you know, I got this job at the postal service, which some people think that's not that great of a job. Well, let me just tell you the community that we live in, it was a really good job. A lot of people had tried to get that job for like years. And I came in brand new here by the blessing of the Lord, just stepped right into it. People were like, literally, I remember meeting so many people that like, didn't like me because they were like, I've been on that waiting list to get that job for years and years. And, you know, you just come in and like somehow step right into it. And I said, you know, that's the blessing of the Lord. And so um, I had all my family telling me, man, this is such a great job. There's benefits, there's security. It's a, you know, retirement, 401k, all this awesome stuff. The Holy Ghost pretty much told me to step away from it, give my two weeks notice uh, and to accept. uh, Basically, I didn't even know what I was stepping into. He told me to give my two weeks notice. We had started this small business on the side. I struggled with it for about a month. I said, Lord, this just doesn't make sense. I have a baby on the way. My wife's not working. I can't give my two weeks. I know I need to work. This doesn't make any sense. The moment that I gave my two weeks notice, like the next day, the pastor of this church we were at came and offered me the youth pastor position, which was very small, uh, even in salary. But it was like immediate obedience opened the next door. And so long story short, a year later, we went from being the youth pastors to literally taking over supernaturally. The story would just blow your mind how the Lord gave us this church. And then in January of 2020, we were able to break away from the AOG and launch a full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic church, independent church. Uh, And just see, like, I'm telling you guys, it's just so crazy. Everything that we've done, the doors the Lord has opened for us, it's not because we are so great and phenomenal and wonderful. It's not because I'm the best preacher. It's not because we're just so talented and the best looking people, you know, well, I, I can't speak for my wife, but I can speak for me. I'm definitely not the best looking dude, the best preacher, the best anything, but the Lord has opened doors for us even at a young age because we were obedient to the Holy ghost. So I'm telling you, anybody listening to this right now, the Lord has a purpose and a plan for you, a place that he is taking you to. And if you will learn how to live by that voice, He'll do things you could have never done for yourself in a thousand years. Be obedient to the Holy Ghost, even when it doesn't make sense. And that's what Proverbs chapter three, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs three, five through six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he'll show you which path to take. So, Follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, even when he's leading you in a direction that does not make sense to anybody. And it doesn't even make sense to you. 
But let me just tell you, stop trying to make it make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. In fact, the reason he put that in that verse is because most of the time he will tell you to do things that don't make sense. Do not depend on your own understanding, but follow him, trust him, obey him. He'll take you to that place of life and life abundantly. He'll bless you for free. He'll add things to your life that people work. I want to tell you right now, we're, we're in a financial place that's better than people that are 10 years older than me. You know, I, it, it, he just did it. I'm like, and I think that it, it does. It ticks a lot of people off because they're just like, you know, it's almost like jealous. We've worked there like we've worked our butts off and you're at the same financial level we are. And like, what do you even do? That's like what they'll say. What do you even do? What are you, you know? They get so mad. And I'm telling you, I'm like, look, it's the, it's literally the blessing of the Lord. And it's not because I'm God's favorite. The Bible says that God shows no favoritism. What he does for one, he'll do for all. This is the promise for every. And I want to tell you, I'm not like you think I'm blessed. Look at ministers like Kenneth Copeland. Look at ministers like Bishop David Oedepo. I mean, I'm just getting started, my friends. And this is the Lord's promise for you. If you'll believe it, who's this Jordan Flameson? Is that the doorknob that was just doing all that? No, I haven't. Might have made it back. Hail Satan, ball sacks, ball sacks, ball. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me tell you a little, a little secret, buddy. Which, I mean, obviously, you're not doing anything but just running your dumb mouth. But, uh, let me tell you something about the blessing of the Lord. In Genesis 12, God made a promise to Abraham. And I hope you're listening. God made a promise to Abraham. And he said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that treat you with contempt. So let me give you a secret to your life for your own sake. When you come across a true man or woman of God, you need to shut your mouth. And I'm not saying it because I'm offended. Like, really, honestly, I think it's funny. But I'm trying to say this to actually help you. You don't need to run your mouth. And you don't need to, I mean, really even speak curses against those people. You will provoke the anger of the Lord and you'll provoke the hand of God against you by doing that. Never speak illy against a man or woman of God. Honestly, you don't agree with what somebody's saying. Just, just don't say anything. Tanner, do you have any testimony you want to add about following the voice of the Holy Ghost before we pray for people and close this thing out? I know we've been on here for like 10 years, so. No, I, th I, think, much, I think you did a pretty good job. Well, you guys, I love you. I know at one point we had a pretty decent Jordan Flameson. Oh, he changed his avatar. He's trying to, okay. Your name's the same, my friend. Not falling for it. <laughs> it's funny, though, because, like, on TikTok and stuff, preaching, the people, they just come in there, they have zero view, and they just they just yell things and the things that they think of saying people. One of my people will normally ask, come in, like, and just be like, what's your bounds? <laughs> That's like the biggest one. Troll 
comment is your pronoun. Like, I don't even. Really What's my pronoun? I am. I'm a man. There's only two. There's men. There's women. That's not my opinion. That's the. That's bi- hey, number one. That's is, biological fact. Huh? Who is Quinn Van Hagen? Quinn Van Hagen. I don't know. Hey, pa- hey Pastor. Hey, Pastor John Tanner. How you guys doing? Pastor John, what is your advice to someone who wants to enter into ministry one day? What advice would you give uh, following the Holy Ghost guidance in doing that? Yes, brother. Thank you for a good question. What advice would I give to somebody who wants to enter into ministry? Okay, number one, yeah, follow the Holy Ghost. Number one, that's that's the key. Like, I'm telling our kids right now, we all get this formulated Even in ministry, people think of it just like as an occupation. They think if I want to go into ministry, here's my process of doing that. I need to go to Bible college. I need to get this type of degree. I need to do this, 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 and this. There is, I went to Bible college. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care what minister says otherwise. I mean, even Kenneth Copeland will tell exactly what I'm going to say because I heard this from him. And, I, you know, you're not going to meet a lot of men on the earth right now that have had more success in ministry than him. You're you're going if you need to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Go to Bible college if the Holy Ghost tells you to go to Bible college. Don't ever do anything from the flesh like, oh, if I want, you know, uh, if I need to go to Bible college, because if I go to Bible college, then I'll get my credentials. And then if I get my credentials, then. You know, people will be able to accept me and I'll have more opportunity. Man, you need to put your trust in the Lord first and foremost. When you get anointed by the Holy, by the Holy Ghost, that's the only credentials that you'll need. Paul literally said that Paul, Paul was one of the most educated men of his time. And yet he said he was speaking to the Corinthian church. He said, you are my credentials, not that I studied under Gamaliel. Not that I know Peter and I went to Jerusalem and I hung out with the guys that walk with Jesus. He said, my work among you speaks for itself, proves that I'm an apostle. So when you're anointed by the Holy Ghost, the anointing will make a way for you. So number one, press into the Lord, get anointed, which you, if you're a believer, you're anointed. So I'll say, you know, just begin to be obedient. God will open doors for you. When you're obedient, you don't have to promote yourself. God will promote you. And so that's my first advice to you. Just be obedient to the Holy Ghost. If, if he tells you, you're saying, man, I feel like I need to, I want to be in the ministry. But all of a sudden you feel this like, this green light, this urgency, like I need to go work for this construction company. Don't get in your flesh and say, well, how does that make sense? That, you know, how is that going to line up with what I want to do, what I feel called to do? You'll be closer to the ministry working for a construction company than you ever would have been trying to go to a Bible college in the flesh and make it happen for yourself. I was closer whenever I stepped away from my ministry position and moved out to a dusty old farmhouse with no opportunity. I was actually closer to my ministry of of being a founder of my own church than I was working underneath somebody else in the ministry. And in the flesh, that doesn't make sense. But if you'll take what we're saying today and and build your life on it, you'll never be led astray. And then number two is very simple. Be humble. The key to promotion in life is humility. 
The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So uh, another, ver- another verse, and I believe it's in First Peter, but it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he'll lift you up. Be humble, be a servant. Jesus said, those who are faithful with little, even more will be given. So number one, if you want to be in ministry, you need to get plugged into a church and you need to serve it. Don't be one of these weirdos, these lone wolf people. I'm out just trying to do my own thing. Jesus said one of the keys to actually getting more is being faithful with little first. And in fact, there's actually another verse where Jesus said, if you can't handle another man's wealth, well, what makes you think the Lord will give you your own? I'm paraphrasing that a bit. But he actually gives us this key. In order to get something for yourself, you need to be faithful with somebody else's first. So get plugged into a ministry. Be humble. Serve. Be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Don't try to make it happen yourself. Trust the Lord to promote you. You don't have, you don't have to make it happen for yourself. So that's my biggest advice. There's probably thousands of little things I could tell you, but those are major things. Know the word. Can I tell you this? This just came to know my spirit. Make it a point to know the word of God and know it very well. If you will make it a point that you'll be very well knowledgeable in the word and not just like you're a cool little clever speaker that's entertaining and you can get up there and, you know, do a funny little illustration with a microwave. That'll only take you so far. I want to tell you, Jesus wants his message preached. If you become a vessel who carries that message, I think Paul was used greatly by the Lord because that man, you know, as far as earthly speaking, that dude was a, he knew the word. He was the Pharisees of Pharisees. And God said, I get that dude anointed by the Holy Ghost. What do you have? You have Apostle Paul who writes two thirds of the New Testament. So just become a person that's devoted to the word of God. And I promise you, you'll see opportunities open up for you that you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is beyond me because God wants his message preached. And you'll become a person that's committed to the message. He'll promote you the third thing or fourth or fifth, however many I've given you. This is another one just in my spirit. Make winning the lost your main thing. I don't care if you're like, well, I I don't feel called to evangelism. Make winning the lost your main thing. Even if you feel like I'm called to be a pastor, do the work of an evangelist. That's what Paul told Timothy. Make winning the lost like right now in this season. I love what Brother Tanner's doing. You know, Brother Tanner, he's he's kind of in a crossroads who's who's on this podcast with me. In his life, in his ministry, God's launching him into new things. And he's he's doing his own outreach. He raised his own funds. It's not supported by our church, by another church. Like he's just he's showing the Lord, like this is this is what Lord, I'm your servant, and I care about what you care about, and God will promote you. Hopefully that helps you. Let's see. Ah, yes, Kenneth Copeland, the one that preys on vulnerable, innocent people to make sure that they pay him money in the middle of a pandemic where resources are scarce. I know that guy. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, 
why don't you share the article where Ken Copeland held a, a old woman at gunpoint and made her pay him money? That would be a great one. I, for, I forgot, you know, where that was. If you could share that with everybody, that would be helpful. I'd appreciate it. You don't need God when you have witchcraft. <laughs> okay, well. You don't even have a brain. Anyway, all right. Y'all, let me just tell you, we're going to close it out with this. The Bible says in John 14, 6, anybody watching this, Jesus said, I am the way, the true life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I know we live in a time and a culture where everybody lives by their own truth. Everybody serves their own God. Everybody believes there's no one way. It's all just uh, objective truth. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. I want to tell you there's one, there's one way. There's one way to be made right with God. There is a heaven. There's a hell. The only way to escape the devil's hell is by the person of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for your sins. So that you could become the righteousness of God. The Bible says it's as easy as this. If you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And that God raised him from the dead and he's alive today. You will be granted salvation as a free gift. If that's you, I want you to just make this confession. I want you to say, Lord, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the only way. I believe that he shed his blood for my sins. Write my name in your book of life. Count me in your kingdom. Say, I repent of my old way of living. Teach me your ways, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. From this day forward, I give my life to you. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. If you say that prayer, your name will be written in heaven. God has, has acknowledged you. And your life will take a, a turn today and go in a different direction. Tanner, will you just pray a general prayer over everybody and we'll hop off here? Yeah. Lord, we thank you so much for a productive conversation between Pastor John and I. We thank you for your word, for it and it alone is our standard. It and it alone holds the promises of life. God, we don't, we don't live our life from prophetic word to prophetic word. We live our life and standardize our life by your word. I pray that you would allow what, what we talked about today to get into the spirit of every believer that would be receptive of it. God, Lord, that you've come to give life and life abundantly. And God, also, as we talked on the Holy Spirit, how we're not to do random things, God, but we're to listen and to yield to your voice. And when we listen and we yield to your voice, God, we will walk in supernatural victory from now until the rest of our days. And I just pray that over each and every person in this live, whether they're trolls, whether they're not trolls, God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that if they don't have a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that you'd give them conviction. Lord, I pray that you'd show them who, show them who you are. Uh, and that way, when they call out to you, they'd be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think this is a great show, and I'm going to share one of my favorite verses out of the Bible, which is penis, 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 penis. I knew that was coming. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm Idiots. That was, that was clever. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> I All right, man. Was clever. <laughs> well, Tanner, thanks for taking like half your day and, and getting on here and just talking <laughs> with Jesus with me. And 
I know we had tons of people pop in and out. We sowed the word of God to, I mean, who knows how many people. At one point, we had like eight people watching. So, uh, anyways, yeah, man, man I appreciate job. it. Let's get on here when you get more time. And uh, I know it's going to be busy next few days, but maybe next week we'll go on here and do what we promised. We'll do the irrefutable truths of prosperity. So, love oh, you, man. man. appreciate hey, it. Hi, I love you too, bro. You take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.